You're listening to the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. This is Eugene Hernandez, Deputy Director here at Film at Lincoln Center. Today we're sharing a conversation from the 57th New York Film Festival premiere of Corneliu Poromboyu's The Whistlers. Opening this Friday here at Film at Lincoln Center, the leading Romanian director's first all-out genre film is a clever, swift, and elegant neo-noir with a wonderfully off-kilter central conceit. Following the adventures of a police detective, who arrives on a mysterious island. The crime drama furthers the director's explorations of the intricacies and limitations of language, but it's also his most playful, even exuberant film. Let's go now to the conversation, moderated by Film at Lincoln Center programmer Dan Sullivan. All right. Uh, maybe we could, uh, we could begin with a uh, relatively simple question that might be quite complicated, I don't know. Um, how did you end up in the Canary Islands? Because uh, it seems like that might have been uh, a starting point, perhaps, for this for this film. Yeah, I saw like ten years ago. I saw a TV uh, reportage about uh, La Gomera, the island, and also there I discover um, they were speaking also about this whistling language. So afterwards, I at the end I end up to going there to see. Uh, uh, because they they uh, they made it's um, uh, they learn in the school the kids they learn in the school this whistling language and so yeah I uh, I went there the teacher the head of this department of whistling language it was uh, in fact he's playing in the film is the guy that is dying in the western one of them you know so um, he trained the actors in Bucharest he trained also the Spanish actors so. And um, yeah, I mean, when I was when I was watching the film, I thought almost uh, because of some of the uh, the ways in which you were kind of um, exploring language, or I guess just even just communication in this film, it uh, reminded me a bit of a police adjective in the kind of the way it's um, it's using these familiar genres of, of cinema to kind of. Uh, think about bigger uh, uh, concepts. Um, maybe could you could you talk a bit about um, sort of your approach to genre in general, and then like uh, specifically here because this is whereas police adjective, for instance, is a detective film. This is a, a heist film uh, or of sorts. So, so um, I, in police adjective, I don't know if you saw that one. So the, there was a second character. It was the boss of that guy. So uh, I said, okay, I will, uh, I will take this character and it will be main character here. Um, so I started like that, writing the script. And on the, on the other hand, I wanted to, uh, when I was thinking about the project, I, I said, okay, I want to have this uh, structure, like someone who's going to learn a language, this whistling language, to use it in a certain way and at the end, uh, this language it will uh, uh, it will be very important for the character. So, like that, I I went uh, I arrived with with using the flashbacks. So it was a process uh, quite long. I say I have to say, and uh, after that I get to the genres and I start to play with that. Yeah, and um, I guess I'd be I'd be curious to hear about uh, about the writing of the film because. Um, I think, like within within 
the genre. Um, there's like a lot of uh, there's a lot of possibility. Uh, you can you can sort of pile these sort of con uh, conspiracy plots one on top of another and just uh, create a lot of this feel feeling of like uh, paranoia and some of. Uh, you know, some of what the film uh, seems to be saying about like surveillance uh, culture and so on um, uh, seems to enter into it. So I was just, could you just tell us about how the writing proceeded and sort of how you can kind of cultivate your ideas like within the parameters of a genre? Uh, thinking about, you know, the, it's a, being a film about people that they are uh, they are all the time uh, uh, watched, they are surveyed. I said, okay, at one point they have to invent some characters. One of them they are inventing characters. Others they they use characters from classical films. So, Gilda, uh, for example, is not her name. She have to play that role in uh, uh, in the world that she's living in. So. But yeah, there were this type of decision that I have it, you know. Afterwards, it's hard to say now because um, first, it's a it's the writing of the of, uh, of the material of the script, and after that, it's I'm trying to treat it like a director, and after and after that, because I didn't think from the beginning it will be a you know it will be like a, a, a genre film, you know. It was it was coming after, you know. So now it's hard to 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 think exactly where, how the ideas they they were coming. I was writing like nine drafts of the script. So, <laughs> and um, but speaking about yeah, the paranoia, I, that is quite easy <laughs> to keep the, <laughs> the this feeling. Um, I. Whenever you have a new fiction film, I'm I'm always interested to hear what what uh, what films you had on your mind uh, while you were making it because um, all right I, I tend to think of you uh, as kind of a cinephilic uh, director. You're someone who's the, you know thinking about the history of cinema when you're when you're uh, developing your own films. And I remember uh, when you were here with the Treasure, you were talking about uh, I think you screened like the Treasure of the Sierra Madre for the cast to kind of get them into that. Um, into that space, um, where uh, I guess uh, besides perhaps uh, Gilda and maybe The Searchers, you know, uh, were there were there other films that you were thinking uh, thinking about when you were making this? It was uh, when I decided that it's a movie about this type of world where people they uh, they will. Uh, uh, they, all the time they were they are lying they hide their their, their intentions i i felt to uh, i was thinking to go back to the classical noir the things that i haven't seen for so so long time like uh, the gilda or laura or uh, double indemnity there were films that i uh, yeah i saw them like 15 years ago uh, so but and I, I rediscovered them, and I uh, big sleep. Uh, so um, after that, I decided to use that and to go into that vein, you know. Um, I, yeah, that was. I, I was I was really into this uh, classical noir uh, uh, genre, and 
I, I found, yeah, I found that type of characters that they are suitable in this story, you know. Um, yeah, I'm afraid to, first for me, it's, it's important what I want to say, and after that I'm trying to find, uh, um, yeah, films or, um, uh, yeah, sources of inspiration, you know. I didn't go from the beginning on that, uh, on that idea, you know, that I want to do something specific. And maybe I'll, I'll ask one more question, then we can open it up to the, uh, to the audience. Um, I think sort of one of, the, one of the big differences here versus some of your other fiction films uh, is perhaps like the rhythm, the rhythm of it. The, this, is, this seems much quicker. Um, uh, yeah, the, the long take is less prevalent uh, and so on, and I'm, I'm just, yeah, I, I would just love to hear what you have to say about sort of like um, how you were thinking through these shifts and what you think uh, motivated them. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be most, yeah, to, all the time to, I think it's resembling in a way with the last part from the treasure where there are a lot of uh, 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 situation quite absurd with a dry humor and um, but in this case, uh, I, I wanted to 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 cut it uh, to be more on the action, uh, to be prevalent to the dialogue. Of course, it was I cut a lot from the film. I, I cut quite good scenes of dialogue at one point because they didn't fit into the rhythm. And at the end, of the right the yeah the last writing of the film it was in the editing room. The first draft of the editing it was like uh, with the 40 minutes more, you know. So I, I had to took some decision quite, uh, yeah. Uh, there are some scenes that I still like it and I, maybe I will use them in other films. But um, yeah, uh, going into the editing room and find this kind of rhythm, I said, okay, I will, I will have to, I will have to, to keep that, uh, to keep that. And to, all right, so we can take some questions from the audience. Just raise your hand, we'll bring you a microphone. We'll start right there in the middle. So I really liked the uh, ending of the film. I thought it's really interesting. Um, so um, it's interesting in the sense that when I watch it, I feel that maybe this is my personal feeling, but I feel the music is overly triumphant. And also uh, the light show in Singapore, uh, which I feel that uh, I kind of feels the normal uh, feeling of the film, but also it's um, more surrealist, uh, surrealistic than the rest of the film. So I'm just curious about the decision of you know having the ending at Singapore. I wanted to have like a, a postmodern garden. The theme of the garden is quite like space. It's quite present in the film. So. Uh, uh, you have the garden of the mother, the island in the beginning is like a garden, and um, it's, uh, I find, I, I, I was, I was uh, searching for some place in Asia, uh, so I find this one, which I, uh, in, the, in the script I wanted to finish to, uh, with Inagada da Vida, you know, but didn't fit with the lighting. So um, yeah, um, I uh, I choose to use the music that they are uh, they are using there because it's a it's a matter of uh, 
uh, synchronized lighting and uh, sound. Or, um, yeah, like. Uh, Hi, th thank you for the um, for the for the movie. Um, can you say something about the relationship between location and surveillance in the way you were thinking about it? If I if I'm right, the shootout in the film is also the set for the Romanian television show, is that correct? Is it the same location? At the, the, the shootout? Yes, yes, right? it's a Western. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's Western. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a highly artificial setting, and you seem to move back and forth between what you're calling the garden, mm -hmm. a kind of naturalistic setting, and these wildly theatrical artificial settings, which are set up for surveillance, set up for filming. Um, and I wonder if there was some um, thought on your part about the relationship between natural locations and highly artificial locations. Uh, I didn't think about that, to be honest, to make a... No, that was quite functional, you know. It's a it's an empty set, and they use it there for another thing, you know. It was an old Western set, and they. But of course, I wanted at the end to have something artificial, you know. But like the garden, that's for sure. But for 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 the Western set, it was more more linked with the cinema and. Uh, how it is reused that type of set, you know, because at the end of the day, camera, the cameras they were invented for the cinema, and in our days they are used more in another, for another thing. <laughs> well, then perhaps I'll conclude uh, maybe with I could what. Ask something myself. <laughs> Do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> um, well. Then perhaps I'll just conclude by asking you the question. Maybe I should have led with, um, you know, uh, can you can you sort of tell us more about uh, about the the whistling language and uh, most importantly, can you you know can you speak it or whistle it? I guess. Uh, yeah, I try to, but I'm not. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not so intelligent. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I, uh, it's uh, it needs a quite the actors they made like two weeks and uh, after that they continue to do it on Skype and uh, the main character I didn't dub uh, sorry uh, the main character Christy his uh, I doubled him in twice twice in, in the film um, so uh, it's uh, I think I will I will try to learn in the future. <laughs> Uh, what was the question? I mean, I, th I think you about covered it. Um, um, yeah, no, I, th I think uh, I think we can probably just leave it there. <laughs> Whistling. Uh, well, we can whistle our way <laughs> off stage. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I guess we'll we'll leave it there. Uh, thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. Our opening music is by Steelism. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Film at Lincoln Center is a nonprofit arts organization based in New York City and supported by individuals just like you. For 50 years, we've been dedicated to supporting the art 
and elevating the craft of cinema and enriching film culture through the programming of festivals, series, retrospectives, and new releases, the publication of Film Comment, the presentation of podcasts, talks, and special events, the creation and implementation of artist initiatives, and our film and education curriculum and screenings. To learn more about what we do and support Film at Lincoln Center by becoming a member, visit filmlink.org. That's F-I-L-M-L-I-N-C dot org.